Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast. With you, as always, is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Episode 106. When I was thinking about a subject for this week, you know, there was nothing else that I wanted to do more than pay tribute to a dear friend of mine, a dear friend of ours, Brian Letterman. We did a Brian cast a few years back, shortly after his passing. It was therapeutic, and it's therapeutic right now. It's nice to talk about him. It's nice to share his memory with friends family, whoever may be listening to this podcast. You know, I I miss him, man. My first real job, Brian got for me. I mean, I had other jobs that I'd quit when I was 16, 17, but I think I was 18 when I got my first job working full-time, if you will, with Brian Letterman at the Plymouth Meeting Mall at Ritz Camera. We sold cameras together. We developed pictures. We did a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, we wore ties. We pretended that we were a lot older than we were. We loved trimming our sideburns. You know, I I look back at that time of my life, and uh, it was one of the best. You know, we used to take breaks together. He got moved to the the store in the mall, and I was working the Boscow's counter. And uh, we would sit in that mall and still eat the Sarku Japan stir-fry, which... By the way, I had recently, and I'll never have again because it was quite an experience, but that's an entirely different podcast. But yeah, Brian and I, we'd, we'd sit across from each other, we'd laugh, you know, we'd enjoy our food, we'd drive home together, we'd go back to his house um, on Arnold Street, and uh, yeah, we, we had great times. Uh, my wife and I are in the middle of uh, a marathon of The Sopranos. Brian Letterman turned me on to The Sopranos. It's definitely one of my favorite shows. He came to me and said, Rob, Bob, you got to check this show out. You're going to love it. And uh, I dove in, I think, season two. Went back and watched season one a couple years later, which was cool. Don't really do that too much for TV shows anymore, but that show was good. And it's still good now. It's comforting um, with my wife in her final month of pregnancy here on the Bobcast. Dadcast. But yeah, we used to hang out at Cassie's house all the time, have a blast, make movies. God, I would love to... Be, there's a tape uh, that we filmed. We filmed a movie called Revenge of the Teapire, starring a multitude of characters at Brian Letterman and Cassie Thomas's house. Let's thank Michael DiBolito, Jason Riccardelli, Ryan Hanna, Trainer Wilson, Drew Reed. A multitude of stars were in this film about a vampire in Valley Green. And then we also made like some gangster stuff, some canine killer stuff. And uh, Brian was just always down to do something, to create something. My first band, too, technically Delta Nine in high school, was uh, all due to him. Uh, we learned the song Tyler together on um, on guitar, and um, yeah, we were a band with Kevin Quinn, Kevin Quinn, Craig Cromwell, and Michael Crickmore, and uh, we knew four or five songs, but it was the best feeling in the world. Uh, Brian spent a quite a big chunk of his check one week buying a Parker Fly guitar. And I remember, you know, he thought it was so great, but the, the first time we played a show, it, it uh, messed up on him. And he was so pissed, but he made it work, though. He made it work. And that's the one thing I miss about him. He always made things work, you know? He was smart. He was independent. He learned to do things on his own. You had the feeling that if you were talking about something that you may think that he has no idea about, he'd be completely knowledgeable. He was Siri before Siri was invented. He was the friend that I would go to when I needed to calm down or I needed advice. Um, right after I asked my wife out, I went to Brian's house. I told her she, you know, she said yes. She wants to go out with me. And um, yeah, it's just great times, and he was a great friend. Uh, so yeah, we did this podcast. Uh, got some people together, share their thoughts about my friend Brian Letterman. Sometimes, uh, you know, I sit and I I listen to songs that Brian and I got down to back in the 90s, and sometimes I, you know, it's a comforting thing. One of the last text messages I got from Brian was his urgency for me to check out this rapper that he was digging at the moment, and that was Action Bronson. 
and the song was strictly for my jeeps here on the Bobcast. You better slow down, baby. I'm out here wildin'. Uh, better slow down, baby. Shit is crazy. You need to slow down, baby. My whole team catch them low down, baby. I'm a hero in my hometown, baby. Stop talking, just go down, baby. Shit on my chest, true colors like a Care Bear. All year, see me tan, hopping out the van. You wasn't there, now you trying to show face. Fuck around, be a cold case. Chrome skates on the old day. Remote control chains, promote dope for the veins. Poke chains, hoes and rose lay. East states off a gold plate. Stone listening to Coldplay. Shit, you need to slow down, baby. My whole team catch them low down, baby. I'm a hero in my hometown, baby. Stop talking, just go down, baby. Long knife by the spinal, built like a rhino. Push the 635 to the finals. Pearl white, like what you sniffing in your sinus. The finest vaginas demolished by my dick. One year from Queens to the top. Cream of the crop, serve a fiend out my sock. Five minutes, then they lean like the drop. Now they spinning through the furnace like the scene from the rock. High spinach like a doomsday rapper. Every Sunday in my Tuesday leather. Now my beard look like Uday and Kusei. Play the pool on a cool day, shit. You need to slow down, baby. My whole team catch them low down, baby. I'm a hero in my hometown, baby. Stop talking, just go down, baby. A lot of people with their hands out now. Got these motherfuckers mad, cause I'm a standout now. You never let the hammer off, you got the soft hand. I heard you singing for the boss, man. Dog, I'm from a lost land. Spill coke on the heater, drop a little sauce on the beater. Zero to sixty in a Porsche like a cheetah. New York, I'm like Jeter, like Caesar. No hype beaster, rock a nice sneaker. You get drugs for a good price, my price cheaper, guaranteed. My trunk slapping like a tambourine, body in these pussies with a camera team. Uh, you better slow down, baby. Uh, you better slow down, baby. Uh, you better slow down, baby. You better slow down, baby. You need to slow down, baby. My whole team catch them low down, baby. I'm a hero in my hometown, baby. Stop talking, just go down, baby. You need to slow down, baby. You know what time it is, man. Ain't no love here. I'm a hero in my hometown, baby. Take it back to fifth grade. Punch you in your face on picture day. You need to slow down, baby. Fifty Dominicans deep, no socks on. I'm a hero in my hometown, baby. Oh man, look who just fucking pulled up. It's me. Welcome back to the Brian Cast, the B Cast here on the Bobcast Network. Uh, my next guest uh, of the evening is um, a good friend of Brian's, a good friend of mine. Uh, I think this is his first appearance on the Bobcast. A fantastic artist who once shared a house with Brian, a friend of his for years. Uh, we were fortunate enough to travel all the way down to Florida for his wedding a few years back. Uh, Brian and I flew on the same flight with a bunch of other friends. And uh, I have to say, it was one of the most memorable weddings I've ever been to. Um, I've never seen the the groom get food poisoning before the night of the wedding. And, uh, you know, some, some years have passed since then. But every time, you know, I start to feel a little queasy, I always go back into my mind thinking of my good friend Jeff. Uh, Jeff, uh, welcome to the show. Um, how are you tonight? Hey, I'm all right, man. Thanks for having me. This is my first appearance on It is your podcast. first appearance. It's the first time for everything. Yeah. I'm glad that you're here with me tonight. Yeah. I'm glad we're here talking about um, a good friend of ours um, who's celebrating his birthday today, um, Brian Letterman. You know, um, some years have passed, you know, since he's um, left us here in this world. And, you know, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about him. And I know there's not a day that goes by that you don't think about him either. So I want to, you know, reach out to some of Brian's friends and just discuss, you know, just his memory and, you know, like, what types of things would you like to share with the Bobcast listeners and the, the B-Cast listeners tonight? Man, I don't know. Uh, I definitely do think about him every day. Right? Uh, yeah, I, me too. Reg- yeah, I regularly mention him to my wife. Uh, I often talk to him. Uh, I talk to my son about him, actually, because uh, the very last thing that I ever spoke to Brian about was meeting my son and that happened to be about a day before he passed away unfortunately uh, so I still have like the text message on my phone yeah I sent a little video of my son to him and he seemed pretty excited to meet him and then you know you know the rest of that story unfortunately. yeah he left too soon you know um, I, I still have a text message from him as well 
You know, I mean, it's it's even still just doing this right now. I mean, it's just bizarre talking about it because it just seems to me like he's not gone. Like he's still, really gone. Yeah. you know what I mean? Like he, it's just so it's so weird, and it's just like oh, man, it just pains my heart every time I think about it because it's just like, yeah. I mean, he was such a great guy. You know, I mean, there's so many things about him that like stood out. You know what I mean? Like. I, I was thinking recently about it, and like, you know, like he he loved his friends, like he loved his family, like he shared the same amount of love, like you know, that you would towards your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, whatever. His oh, friends, absolutely. his friends were his family, an extension of his family, you know. And he had a tattoo yeah. on his hand, on his arm, forearm, real respect, real. And I think that that was kind of about him being real with other people and when they were real with him he respected them and he showed them showed them as much love as possible yeah he definitely he definitely did that for me uh i mean uh, i remember like middle school and high school we him and i weren't very close at all and he thought i was a dick i knew that for <laughs> sure <laughs> he thought i was such a dick and i think it was more like i do probably come off that way but uh once you get to know me realize I'm, I'm kind of not <laughs> but um yeah man like once i actually recall I think how did you first meet him do you remember remember the first encounter with brian no like middle school no i don't recall that it was middle school just, right yeah i mean just kind of knowing him that's all i don't really recall exactly how i met him but i do recall um i think i was a f- maybe uh it was after like a prom or something like that went to heather richter's house and uh he was there mm-hmm. and me and him started just shooting the shit about like cars and stuff like that yeah i think i was there there's a keg yeah. on, the, on the on the patio right uh-huh yeah. yep yep and uh i mean that wasn't even that long ago in the grand scheme of things no. but um i mean we just clicked then and became like extremely close you know uh friends to the point of being best friends and you know that was, I think he might have been living in uh, Norristown. No, you know what? He was living with Cassie. Yeah. At the time. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, we just became super tight after that. And, uh, you know, ended up becoming roommates after he got into some issues uh, with some people uh, in Norristown. I kind of asked him, like, dude, you, you know, asked him he needed, if he wanted to move out and, you know, live elsewhere. And if did i would like love, love to be his roommate dude we ended up uh finding a place in chestnut hill together and like gave the landlord cash right on the spot just moved in hardly in benizet was where we lived well, you were in chestnut i recall you guys lived also too down uh, like university of penn area right no i was actually living with a dude uh do you remember a guy named kevin muskinis yeah that's right okay yeah now now yeah, now it's going back to me yeah but he pretty much uh, that kid Kevin ended up kind of like living elsewhere while we were still roommates and B would spend a lot of time at my place in West Philly and uh, yeah after that is uh, there was like two years actually because I lived in West Philly then I moved to East Falls mm-hmm. and then we moved in together in Chestnut Hill it, it's you know it's so funny like, like I haven't thought of this in a long time but that night at Heather Richter's house I do remember you two guys talking out there on the patio uh, about cars, and I haven't thought about that in like forever. It, it wasn't about like uh, Fords; it was about like uh, you guys were doing like, like Honda, Civics. Honda Civics. Yeah, <laughs> Honda Civics. And, I had a Volkswagen Golf. Yeah, you had the, the Golf, and at the time he had the, a, the Honda Cirques. He had CRX. the black Honda Civic that uh, I think TJ got it. Did he sell that to TJ? TJ, TJ was driving around in that. That thing is oh, ridiculous, yeah. man. For the Bobcast listeners out there, um, you, what, what kind of car was it, the Honda that he trucked out? He had a Civic. It was a Civic, uh, but he lowered it real... It was, it was like, you know, what, three inches off the ground, had blue halogen yeah, lights. Yeah, it was low, loud, mm-hmm. fast. I... Fiber did that. It was in the heyday of uh, Fast and the Furious. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that was like, that was the thing then. I mean, that was like, what was that, 1999 or... They were around 2000, 2000, 2001, yeah, like, yeah. everybody was driving around like that. Still to this yep. day, the fastest I've ever been in, like, uh, as a passenger was with Brian. We were coming from Wendy's, oh. going back to Cassie's house, and I think he got the, he got that Honda. It was that black one. He got it up to, like, maybe, like, a buck 30, 30, 135. 
Jeez. And I'm thinking, like, dude, we're, 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 we're getting pulled over, you know? And we never did that. Yeah. We never did. I'm know? curious how many people have driven the fastest they've ever driven with Brian. With Brian Letterman, because yeah. Because the fastest I've ever driven was with him. He let me take his M3 to Maryland. Or he asked me to drive him to Maryland in his own M3. And uh, he's like... We get on 995, and he's like, see what this can do. And I was like, okay. So I hit the gas and just went all the way up until the uh, engine kept cutting out. I guess it hit like 100 and – it says 145 yeah. on the uh, speedometer. I don't know if it's actually 145, but mm-hmm. that's what it says. And, you know, it cuts out. It won't let you go faster than that. And, uh, you know, I did that for like a while. I just flew. I mean, I didn't do it the whole way down, but I did 145 for a while. Yeah. And ended up – driving you know slowed down obviously because i didn't want to get pulled over that would have been instant jail yeah um and got to the maryland where we're going and i get out and look at the tires and they're completely bald <laughs> oh my god balder than my head he, he, he didn't care at all either <laughs> like, though, right he didn't care and i had i known that i mean i ended up driving like 35 miles an hour on the way home because <laughs> it was raining i couldn't even keep the car on the road he was always so cool like that too like he never really you know what I mean? Like, I think I wrote about this recently, like, on Instagram or Facebook. He just, you know, he's so cool. Like, he just, you know, even in, like, in the face yep. of adversity, he'd just be like, we're going to handle this. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, and um, that's one yeah, thing. That's, he, would, he would figure it out. That's one thing I miss the most about him is that calming effect that he had on me. You know, like, like everything's going to be all right, Bob. Yeah, he you know? really had that. You know? And, like, he was just so um, smooth. Yeah, like he that, really, you know? Oh, I was just saying that anything that would, you know, shock and uh terrify me would be like nothing to him nothing you know i I thought that was pretty cool yeah i mean actually you know what now i know what it was it was we were at um remember we used to go to devil's pool all the time as kids and like you know we dive in you know swim whatever it was a hot summer day i'm thinking maybe 1999 about definitely after high school because you know we we had the freedom to do whatever we wanted and most of that time i spent with brian because you know to me brian was the first adult i ever really met brian was like (laughs) You know what I mean? Like he, he yep. was he was on top of his game. He had a car. He had an apartment. I mean, I was living he at home. He bought his own car. Yeah, he bought his own car. I was living at home with my parents. Right my dad gave me a car. You know what I mean? Like I never had the luxury of you know being an adult or hanging with an adult. So he he had bought a Dodge Avenger, and um, it was you know oh, man, for the time car. it had a sunroof. I'm talking plush leather interior seats, uh, dope factory sound system. So we go down to Valley Green. We, uh, there's a whole bunch of hooligans there, you know, right when we roll up. But, you know, every time you go there back in the 90s, that's all yeah. you would see. So, you know, we, we, you know, you'd have to wait to like jump off the rock and stuff. So we're all getting ready. You know, I think I dove in first and I waited down by like the, you know, the, the shallow end. And then, and then Brian, you know, didn't bring a bathing suit. So he decided, oh, I'm going to jump in, in my boxers, take off my jeans. So he jumped in and like as soon as he jumped in, he swam over to me and like he had this look. Not of not of like um, uh, being like being scared or worried. Just like he was off, and he's like, "We got to go back up now." We go up there, and uh, the cats who were the hooligans took his jeans with the car keys in them. And uh, the car keys, I remember, had a Nautica. Remember Nautica used to give you like this little keychain thing, like on the clothing. Yeah. Like he, that, yeah, the, the, the orange keychain. Yeah. So once he didn't see that, yeah, exactly, it was orange. So once he didn't see that, you know, we had to make the trek back all the way from Devil's Pool back to that parking lot. And, uh, you know, once we got there, the car was indeed stolen, you know. I was super pissed. But I remember now thinking about it. Like, he he was mad, but, like, he called the cops and he was chill. Not as mad as you expect? No, nah, not at all, man. He was just like, you know what, like, we're going to handle this. You know what I mean? We're, we're going to handle this. Get the cops involved. I, I think that he had insurance on the car and he, he got his money and, like, all the CDs and stuff. All the Wu Tang CDs yeah. and like, but yeah, I, that's just one thing that you know I miss about him, you know, and like, um, you know, it, it's hard not to hear his voice sometimes, and you know, like I have a picture that some people have seen that I did shortly after his passing. It's right up here on the wall, and you know, this is where I do like most of the recording. This is where I do most of like you know my music and stuff and every now and then like I'll catch him like staring at me you know and like it's just it's this cool feeling yeah. you know like he's still still with me you know and um yeah it, it, it's still tough after all these years you know I mean it's only how, how many really years ago is, was it that he it just seems like it was yesterday to me but like is it two or three years I'm no good at math uh well 
2013. Yeah. So. So I mean, like you know, it's 20, just, 2016 now. Yeah, it's just hard. It'd be coming up. It's two and a half years. Yeah. And you know, we we would um we would do this practice um the last two um couple years we would all get together on Brian's birthday. This year it's a little difficult for us all to get together because some of us have newborns i myself am going to be a dad at like yeah. any moment i got the bag in the other room the emergency or the you know oh shit bag we got to go to the hospital so you know i mean it's really yeah. difficult so one of the things i want to do is i want to put this podcast out there so that way we can continue to you know just remember brian letterman and just you know how cool he was yeah yeah man it's uh it's amazing though how how when somebody goes you know they don't no. leave you in any way whatsoever you you do start to forget what they sound like and uh you know you, you can't do the things you used to do but at the same time your heart kind of grows fonder and fonder over the years you know you miss them more too i know i mean it's not it's not it's not like it's easier you know time like heals wounds and stuff like that but it doesn't really make it easier because i still can't give him a call i still have his phone number in my phone i still have the text message I, mean, I, I don't think I'm like ever gonna let him go you know I yeah, was so yeah. close with him that I mean I loved him so much that you know it's it's something that you know will never leave me you know and you got him tattooed uh, on your body as well tell the podcast listeners about that yeah I have a, I have a bearded uh, bee in honor of him on my arm <laughs> so and it's actually one of the tattoos I have that's it's kind of hidden because it's on the inside of my arm but mm -hmm. people still notice it and then will ask me about it and and they're always kind of curious to hear, like, why do you have a bee with a beard on it? Because, <laughs> you know, it's, can you see it? Yeah, yeah, I, I, it's awesome. There you go. Hold on one second. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you. All right, let me uh, return. I just, uh, a, a friend of mine just showed up at the door. I got to uh, let him in. I'm sorry. We, we, we invite him in. But, yeah, I remember when you got that tattoo. Yeah, I got a pretty, pretty soon after the funeral uh well our our version of the funeral yeah which Hold was uh, special for uh the broadcast listeners out there we had our own type of private um ceremony for brian out there in valley green next to a tree that he really enjoyed um friends uh got together we all spoke some words about him but yeah you know like you were saying jeff you know i, yeah. I, I miss him more you know like i, I miss him mm -hmm more each day and like literally there is not one day that he does not pop up and then like you know like there's a lot of times like you know like where i'm feeling like uh you know i'm having like a down day or i'm feeling like like you know depressed about not being able to accomplish a goal or i'm not able to like do something that you know yeah i want and then like i think of brian and like i just think of that positivity and that thing we were talking about before about how he had that underlying cool and i'm just like you know what yeah like thanks for being there with me still be you know what i mean like yeah that's do, do you remember do you remember his classes no oh, yeah which which like, classes what, are you talking like, about i'm talking about back in the day before they started making thin uh, thin walled or uh i mean thin lens glasses you mean the ones in the 90s where you had like the the, the, the like the friends like like uh, the, the big like magnifying glasses yeah. dude yeah i remember yeah yeah he's the coolest kid in the nerdiest glasses you'll ever see oh ever. yeah totally man totally <laughs> You know, yeah, and like, I mean, like, a lot of people don't realize he had great hair too. Before he lost his hair, he had great hair. He loved, yeah. he loved messing with his hair. And like, the one thing too that I miss about him was his beard. Like he, he taught me actually how to shave like a beard, like, and oh, edge, yeah. like do edging. Single straight razor. See, like he, he talked about it, but I think that he spent countless, countless hours perfecting his yeah kid. dude I used to have to tell him to get ready like an hour and a half before we were going out and we'd be just going to like the general Lafayette <laughs> and be like hold on man, I gotta fix my beard I fixed my beard <laughs> but, yeah. you know, the, the, if you want to ruin his if you did want to ruin his night you could steal his car or whatever he didn't care about that but if you told him his beard was crooked <laughs> yeah yeah he did not like that be, at all man I would never I, would, I think yeah. I said it to him once and I, I remember he was like nah 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 and like he went straight into <laughs> Cassie's bathroom but yeah you know uh it's it's hard, you know. Sometimes um, I guess certain you know images, certain things remind me of him. Sometimes uh, like a song, you know, reminds me a lot of Brian. And uh, there's a lot of songs that you know we listen to together. Um, 
you um, contacted me a couple days ago, and you also mentioned that you had a song in particular. Tell the Bobcast listeners about it and like how it reminds you of B. Yeah, it's pretty simple. It's not uh, that deep or anything like that. It just happens to be one of, I'm pretty sure it's one of B's favorite songs. I know he sent it to me. Uh, and um, it's just called Buckle Them Down. It's like a classic 90s hip-hop track mm-hmm. uh, by Black Moon. And it just literally sounds like B to me. Like, anytime it plays, uh, which is often, because I love this song probably just as much as he did, uh, anytime I hear it, it's just, like, instantly takes me back to, like, hanging out with him, maybe sitting in our living room or whatever, uh, eating spaghetti. I don't know why eating spaghetti, but <laughs> you know what I mean? It just mm-hmm. reminds me of him. It's like, there's a few classic songs out there that remind me of him. Bat, 93 Till Infinity. Uh, it's definitely something that reminds me of him. Mm-hmm. Anything with, like, good um, production, uh, um, like beats and, you know, background, because he was so into that that, you know, he got me into it. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I was never into it at the level he was. I mean, he could make his own music, you know. He could just figure it out and, mm-hmm. you know, produce beats. But, uh, you know, I, at least at least he made me aware of it. But, yeah, that, that song there, Buck em Down by Black Moon, something that will always and forever remind me of B. All right, let's take a listen to it here on the Bobcast. This is Buck'em Down for B. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what up? Welcome to Flight Black Moon. We about to take you on a journey. Yeah. Weather's looking mad fine. Everything's looking smooth. I'm your Captain Buckshot. My co-pilot is DJ Z-B. We have SCWLE on deck. We're about to take you about 31,000 feet into the air. Uh, we'll be cruising at a smooth altitude, so just buckle up, enjoy your flight. Till the week, what we do, welcome downward life. Each and every individual in sight. Let my man Jewel peep this out for your card. Then I can converse and take a look at the card. Yo, go hit the brothers with the verse real quick. Show them how you represent the boot camp. You know what they say about brothers who screw face. Upstate, you may be getting lazy. World life, I ain't gon' bore. Ask my man Buff on the streets, he was tough, locked up, he was sweet stuff. Kid is hot, word to Mardu. And get the loop from the man at night from my Timberland. Walk with the shot that I bang with, hang with. Gang hanger with the double edged banger. Boot camp clicks breaking your laws. If you're fake, we go boss a cat. Matter of fact, break your jaws. I'ma bring it to your chest like wind. Then to fill your lungs up with all the bull you have within. But I'ma put it back to parlay. Took the week in Bucktown, all we do every day is. Buckle down, Bagger. 
Yes, indeed. A mad little brother running up on the wall. Fly as hell, hit the park, play the wall. And all the older people saying, Shorty's a badass. But you's a smart little brother, so you're gonna last. They knew the time, they knew the rhyme where they hit you in the least four years. So I came to split you in the nine four. It's all about the war. 95, 96, boot camp click is taking over. In 1998, I couldn't wait to get all my brothers and do shows from state to state. No, I'm the original head giving instructions. Thumping with the brothers, beat miners on productions. Welcome to Bucktown, USA, where the week get this every day. Bobcast with these always is Bob, live in the lounge. Our next guest here on the Bcast, a good friend of mine. I think the first time I met him was way back in 19, maybe 88, 89. I was at the Supercade at the Plymouth Meeting Mall. And for those of you aficionados out there in the history of this geographical location, this was the only spot that the kids wanted to go to. This was the PS4, this was the Xbox One, this was your iPhone, this was the center, this was the nucleus of your world, if you will. An ancient old art of an arcade, if you will. Uh, Mortal Kombat was one of the most popular games in the world. People lined up. I remember seeing this guest. He had real long hair, like kind of like in a mullet type thing, dressed real grungy. And um, suddenly he became like a member at our school. And I instantaneously, I was like, you know what? I need to get to know this guy. Who is he? After we met, we became friends and for a lifetime. You know, we shared an interest in the arts. We shared an interest in, you know, graffiti, music, amongst other things. Please welcome to the podcast, Mr. Evan Marchman. Hey, what's happening, Hi. How you doing? I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have you on the show. It's uh, the first time. Uh, tell the podcast listeners where you're uh, calling us from. So, uh, I'm in Berlin, Germany. I guess I'm six hours ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Six o'clock, or as we would say over here, Abzin Man, you've completely conformed to the German lifestyle. Now, you do have German blood, right? Your mom's German. If I'm yeah, mistaken. I found out in my research that my great-great-grandfather on my mother's side moved to Philadelphia in 1654. Wow. So I tried to get a citizenship, but that was just too long ago. Well, welcome back. It's been a while since we had a chance to talk in person. And um, you know, what better way to get together to talk about uh, our dear friend Brian Letterman? Here on the Bombcast, uh, I'm calling up a bunch of his friends. Just, you know, talk about him and just you know, remember him and share some thoughts. Off the top of your head, what do you what do you remember the most about Brian Letterman? Uh, he had a silver tongue. He could get away with anything because he could speak his way out of anything. I mean, <laughs> I've seen him. Uh, he could have easily been a politician. Easily. Easily. I agree 100% with that. Can you give us an example? arrested for underage drinking he was drinking and they said get in your car and don't drive and they arrested everybody else he was good he he, <laughs> he was like a lawyer you know like he and he was smooth we were just talking with jeff about this he had a calming effect on everyone and i guess including the the police come to think of it i think i almost got arrested once we were we went to valley green late at one night we came across a campfire we sat by this fire, watched it, and all of a sudden the cops showed up, the fire truck there. showed up. You were there, right? Yeah. That, is that the same night? Yeah, that's when, uh, yeah, because the people who started the fire actually left after we got there. Yeah. And the cops were like, yo, you guys can't start a fire. We're like, whoa, we didn't need to We didn't start. do it. 
we didn't start the fire. It was always burnt. <laughs> they they totally thought that uh, we were you know the perpetrators of that. But yeah, you know, come to think of it, he was so good at that, man. He was good at talking with uh, kids. He was good at talking to adults, uh, senior citizens. You know, like he just had a special way about him. When uh, when was the first time you met Brian? The first time I remember meeting Brian was in school. He was sitting behind me, and I didn't really know him yet at all, really, actually. And I remember, no, I was sitting behind him. And you know how you, in school you do the, the teacher passes, like the papers to the students, and then the students just all pass them back? Yeah. That old, that old routine? Well, I apparently I snapped it out of his hand, and he was like, who the hell is this jerk? <laughs> And I guess that's how I first met him. That was in health class. <laughs> Mr. Hovis? Uh, no, Mr. Brandt. Oh, yeah, Mr. Brandt. He never made eye... Was he the one that never made eye contact? No, that was Hovis. No, that was Hovis. Yeah, he never... Mr. Brandt never... was, like, severe. Yeah, yeah. So... Poor, poor, you know, his son died. That's right, yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. LSD ran in front of a car. And then we had to wear the pins and stuff, and we refused to wear the pins, remember? Yeah, we also had the flower babies, which was yep. funny because I just shoved mine in my locker. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. I haven't <laughs> thought about that in years. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to treat my real baby like this, but you know, at 16 years old, I'm not even ready to have a baby. First off, I can't have a baby. Um, so, I mean, once you guys meet each other... And, uh, you know, we all start hanging out. We're all in the same clique. You were friends with Mamos and stuff. Like, what do you remember about Brian Letterman in the mid-90s? Glasses. Yeah. <laughs> Those glasses. We, we were just talking about that with Jeff. I mean, they don't make lenses like that no more. You don't see people wearing that, you know? Like, I was at the thrift store, and I saw a pair of Coke bottles. Yeah. They were so fun. I tried them on. They make your eyeballs look humongous. Total, like, George Stanford, or, uh... George from uh, Seinfeld like type of look you know yeah but uh, I tell you one thing I mean he really rocked those glasses though I guess like what like maybe somewhere along the line he just ditched him then he got contacts yeah sounds about right I remember speaking of Jeff and uh, Brian or B Mr. Shy B Scruffington full name he he and Jeff were living together in Chestnut Hill and they managed to, they were trying to bleed the radiator, right? So they could get the maximum heat out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for the listeners, I guess bleeding the radiator would mean that you take the radiator and you remove all of the air out of it so that the water, there's a higher concentration of water. And that's what's, that's the heating element. The, the heater itself is just the magnifier, if you will, or the mm-hmm. cap, not the catalyst, but whatever you know what I mean and I think Brian or Jeff broke it and it was just shooting blazing hot water all over the flat for like a day (laughs) I went and picked up one of them I can't remember which and they were just so furious at whoever whoever done it yeah so wait did they were they able to live in the house at this point everyone was bleeding out it got it got fixed the next day Mm mhm I remember somebody was so mad though. Whoever, I can't remember who was B or Jeff. It might have been Jeff because I don't think Brian, I never. I saw Brian like mad, maybe three or four times, and like he would be mad for like fifteen seconds, and then he was really yeah. good at like you know, maintaining, maintaining, and you know keeping it going. Yeah, yeah. I remember you know uh, around that time too. Like I guess like after we graduated high school, you guys both took interest in um, DJing. You both had turntables yeah. and I remember Brian would bring like records over to your house and like we'd like sit up there and spin did you guys like learn anything off each other yeah we learned to scratch together mm-hmm. uh, I, I have just recently brought one of my turntables over here which is nice because mm-hmm. they're like 500 euros which is like 600 bucks mm-hmm. and Brian was actually just better at everything than I was that's for sure yeah um, I mean he could talk his way out of anything like I said he could make beats with his fingers bound uh, he just he was able to do everything with such skill that he 
didn't have before he tried it. Panache. Like, yeah, he was, he was just like perfect at doing the things. I don't know what it was. But then, uh, then he sold all his vinyl, which I sold to him. And I was upset because I wanted to buy it back, in fact. So, he sold them, but, and I wasn't able to get them back. So, that kind of sucked because there were some really top-notch vinyls that I collected over, you know, 10 or 15 years. And I was never able to get those again. But, you know, that's the way of the world, I guess. Yeah, it happens. At that time, they were so into their cars, remember? Oh, yeah. Everyone had the sports car, and I had the giant Forerunner. I love that Forerunner, though. Oh, man, me too. That thing was sick, dude. The motor blew up on that. That one, and then when you had the the Toyota van, too? I mean, you always had, like, a good ride. Yeah, I was was a rice burner, I guess, because I had the Toyota, and then I had the Mazda, and then I had the Toyota again. Yeah, Jeff and Brian were so into cars. Jeff was just talking about... His love of, like, you know, they were obsessed with Hondas. Jeff had the Volkswagen. I didn't talk about it with Jeff, but do you remember when Jeff had no no doors at all? Like, you couldn't get, you couldn't get in. Like, his car was just smooth. There was no way to get in, remember? Oh, right. Yeah, he had no door handles. No door handles. Dude. Like, yeah. like I, you don't really see that kind of stuff on the road no more. Some people, yeah, they may have their cars, like, a little bit low, but, like, Brian and Jeff were, they were... Pioneers, I guess, into the Fast and Furious world at that time. For sure. But yeah, I mean, that was um, almost, what, 15 years ago, you know? Um, do you yeah, that was 15 years ago. Do you recall, like, um, the last time you saw Brian? The last time I saw Brian was at Five Steps Down, or 12 Steps Down mm-hmm. in Philly. He was, uh, was he bartending? I think I so, yeah. He was either bartending or we went there together and somebody else was working, I can't remember. But Brian, I mean, he was always such a damn good friend, never on time. (laughs) Yeah. But always a good friend. And when we were DJing together, it was Dub Lion and Fifth L. Yeah. Talk about that. How many shows did you guys do? Because I remember those. We did... We, we had a weekly at Little Jamaica every Monday night. I was there a couple of times, definitely. They, it was the small like club, and there was kegs like under the bar, and it was just like yeah, a... They, they didn't have like a proper bar. No. But it was five bucks to get in, all you could drink, keg. That's right. One keg, Monday night, drink it until it's kicked, five bucks. Completely illegal. More or less, yeah. The place is shut down now. I remember that, though. I look forward to Monday nights. How long did you guys do that for? Almost a year before it got shut down. Were you there when it got shut down? No, it got shut down on a Saturday night. Man, I remember that. So, like, you guys were like a DJ team for a good good bit of time. Yeah. Man, I wish we had footage of that, you know? Like, there were such good times down there. I have the flyer somewhere. Yeah, send me a picture of that. I'll post it somewhere. Yeah, I'll get it to you. I remember um, going down several Mondays. Uh, I would go down with Drew. We'd roll up at ten, yeah. and uh, yeah, you guys would just like you would take turns, right? Like somebody mm-hmm. would do a set, then you go back and forth. Yeah, exactly. Because because when you're drinking like that, you got to take a break. You got to you got to take you know? a break. Yeah. <laughs> so he, I forgot. Like in the in the genesis of his DJ name, he originally was the fifth L, right? Yeah, it was a uh, 5-T-H-E-L. And then he became Shy Scruffington. Correct. Do you know where that, like, uh, origin came from? Like, how did he... Shy Scruffington? Yeah, how did he start calling himself that? Probably because he hid behind his beard. So I, I, I'd love to know that. I mean, I have a flyer here in the room, uh, somewhere in here, where he did a show at the Harvest of the World Cafe Live. And... Uh, I don't know where I put that at. But, um, yeah, like uh, his roommate, I forget his roommate's name. He was a graphic designer, did something really cool. The guy lived down South Street with him. They had that awesome apartment in Bainbridge. I remember one time you were actually spinning up there in the Bainbridge apartment. Yeah. But yeah, um, but... Shy Scruffington, big name, but it sounded awesome. Yeah. You're talking about when he had uh, Curtis, right? Curtis, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. 
Yeah, that was a nice flat. Or apartment, sorry. Yeah, you have immaculated it completely to the, the European style. It's all right, though. Um, Some of my comments think that I speak fluent Deutsch, but then when I talk to someone in German, in Germany, mm-hmm. it's clear. All is klar, ich kann nicht sprechen sehr gut Deutsch, huh? Yeah, you, you. I mean, uh, it's very clear that I cannot speak good German. That's okay, though. I mean, for me, it sounds beautiful over here in Philadelphia, you know, Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania. It sounds legit. <laughs> I so, can get by. Talking about Bry here on the Bobcast, you know, um, I, you know, it, we were just, it's been a couple years since his passing. I remember um, when he did pass, you were living far away and, you know, you wanted to um, get together some of that footage and stuff like that and we wanted to, like, put out a song and Fortunately, we can't find any of that stuff at this time, but if anybody has any, like, tracks he was working out, you know, we could definitely do something in the future. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Making some sort of... Because he had so many beats in his computer. Like, at the end, like, um, he, him and I were talking about, like, actually, I mean, doing something together, me playing bass and him doing beats and stuff. Right. But, um, yeah, we wanted to, um, you know, we had that memorial service for him, and I remember, like, you know, you wanted to be there, but obviously, you know, an ocean separated us. So that's why I want to get you here on the Bobcast, you know, um, so you can talk about Bry, you know, and the good times we had. And, you know, we were saying at the beginning of this cast, like how it's therapeutic to talk about him and to remember him, you know, and some time has passed now enough that, you know, some of the sadness has gone away and now we want to celebrate his life. You know, is there anything else that you recall about Brian that, you know, stands out to you as him being, you know, the true shy Scruffington fifth L? in the parking lot oh my god he was so good in the Cirques in the Honda Cirques yeah dude <laughs> I I was just yeah I've never been in a car driven, like he drove me the fastest ever but I never forget the time he took me in that little Honda Cirques behind Home Depot and you know we just did donuts for like a straight 45 minutes dude right he's good at it too you know dude he's good at everything he did he was he was it's a good point so, I mean, if he had moved over here, he'd be speaking fluent Deutsch in, like, five hours. Yeah, pretty much, right? I miss that Honda Cirques. He had the Cirques. He had the, the Honda that he sold to TJ. Uh-huh. Then he had, had the M3 and the Mustang. He had the M3, the Mustang. He always had know. dope new rod. I drove I drove the Mustang. We went and picked up the M3, I guess, when he bought it. And I drove the Mustang back. That car was fast, but rattled. Rattled, yeah. Uh, big time. But then it got towed when he was living in, uh, what's that place called? Right outside Plymouth Meeting on the other side. Norristown? Not Norristown, but. Is it Norristown? No. It's like between Plymouth Meeting and Norristown, there's like a triangle there. When he lived above the pizzeria. Yeah, that was Norristown. Mama Venezia's. Oh, okay. Yeah, his, his Mustang got towed. And I think he paid like 500 bucks for it. Uh-huh. The motor was in perfect shape, but the body was a bit beat. So, once the fee got to 500 bucks, he was like, uh, yeah, that's not worth it. Just go ahead and sell that, please. <laughs> he did, didn't he? I forgot about that. They, they kept taxing him, and they raised the fee up to like two grand. He's like, dude, it's not even worth 500 bucks. Why are you going to try to charge me two grand for it? They towed it right out front of his house, right? Yeah. Yeah, because that was weird. I remember that when he was just like, yeah, just let it go. One of the other many mysteries of Brian Letterman, how he just would make decisions that would, you know... Just off tilt. A little bit off tilt, but in the scheme of things, yeah, it makes more sense. Like, why spend money to get that rattle thing back? Yeah, exactly. Plus, I mean, when you have an M3, what's a 88 Mustang to you? Yeah. The M3 was sweet. I remember him picking me up on that. But yeah, um... One of the things we're doing here on the podcast is uh, paying tribute to him by picking some select tracks. You guys were DJs together, so you shared a lot of music together. Tell the podcast listeners what you've prepared for us today. Well, I've come a bit unprepared, but I can say that Chaos, Canadian rapper, Crab in a Bucket was a song that he first introduced to me. And in that introduction, I thought, Hey, the song's okay. And he was not happy with that response. Not at all. But about a year later, 
heard it again just randomly. And I was like, yo, that track, Crabbing a Bucket, that joint, that joint is dope. And he was like, dude, I told you why you take so long. <laughs> Let's take a listen to it here on the podcast. This is Chaos with Grab a Bucket. Podcast, the B cast, the Brian Letterman cast. Uh, another guest has joined us. Uh, please welcome to the show. His, uh, I think, his third or fourth appearance here on the podcast, Mr. Trainer Wilson. How are you, Tate? How are you, Bob? How are you feeling? I'm, I'm pretty little, good. I'm, I'm a little bad. congested. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I just, uh, I don't know. I mean, all that warm weather, you know what I mean? Then the cold weather just messed me up big time. But, you know. Shock. We're not here to talk about our afflictions with the weather. We're here to talk about Brian Letterman. Uh, today's his birthday. So, uh, you know, calling up uh, his friends and we're talking about memories that we have of, of Brian. What would you like to share with the Bobcast audience? Well, but you had told me to, like, think of uh, a song that makes me think of Brian. And I think it's really hard because, I mean, I know a connection that we all had together was, like, was music and good music, you know? Mm-hmm. But... One of the things I thought of was when we were 
We're in high school. Uh, yeah, we were in high school, I guess. And he was over at my mom's house with me. And Brian was always a much better guitar player than me. And he was just such a natural. And uh, we're learning. I wanted to learn like a Weezer song called Pink Triangle from like the Pinkerton album. And uh, we learned it together. And like it was one who could actually like sing and play. Not that I can sing, but could actually like sing along with it. So. I mean, that was like one time we actually sat down together and learned like a whole song together. And um, it was just, I don't know, just like a, a pretty cool moment that we had together and, you know, with, with a good piece of music too. So what else, do you, what else do you miss about Brian? Brian? Just like, I don't know, just like laughing with him. Just like good comic relief. Um, especially like any time that you felt like you were down about something. Like, you could always call him up, and he would be there, whether in person or just, like, through a text or on the phone, and just, like, I don't know, just, like, chill you out when you needed, like, just some good relief from this, like, the heaviness of whatever life was thrown at you. So, just, like, that kind of stuff, um, that that was always great. I don't know. Just, you knew, you knew you could depend on him to be there in some kind of medium, whether it was, like, in person or through the phone or even a text, him saying, like, I love you. <laughs> you know, it was funny. Sometimes awkward but funny. <laughs> so. We're talking a lot about um, the previous guests here on the show. We had Jeff and uh, Evan. Um, you know, text messaging and stuff like that. You know, uh, my old phone, I, I have it still, but I only have, like, just that, you know, week of text messaging, you know. But yeah. I went back into my Gmail, actually, I think it was last night, and I found all the, like, Google Hangouts, the Google Chats that we had. Yeah. Like, all of them. Like, I'm talking years and years of, like, chatting. And um, I, I think a lot of it was, like, when I was subbing in school and, you know, pretending to work on the computer in front of me. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was really talking with Bri. <coughs> There's a lot of cool stuff in there, too. You know, stuff that I had completely forgotten about that I hadn't even thought about in years. Yeah. But it was good to go back, and I spent, like, maybe, like, a good, like, half hour, 40 minutes last night just reading through them all. And I mean, I have conversations dating back to like 2008. Wow. Yeah, which is cool. I'm glad I never like deleted any of my emails. I have like 33,000 emails or something on Gmail, but I'm glad I kept all that stuff, you know, because it's like I can go back and read it and it's like I'm right back there with, you know. Yeah. Knowledge81 was his uh, his handle. Gmail. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I got a new phone and you know, every time you get, even though you got a new iPhone, like, through the cloud or whatever, it saves your text messages. And, like, his his thread of text messages I always saved to look back on, too, like you were saying about the emails. And I was, like, deleting old text messages, and, like, I was going really quick, just, like, getting rid of them. And, like, I got to his, and I freaking deleted it, and I was so mad, like... I know. God. And then there's, like, just a couple... It's me and you and him and, like, maybe Ian and, like, just talking about, like, hanging out. And so there's, a like, a couple of him, but, like, it's nothing, like, personal. It's just, like, what are we doing tonight? But I was so mad at myself. I, like, I definitely like, put my hand on my head, like, oh, I had, like, a right. shit moment. Like, because that was one thing, like you're saying with the emails, you could just, like, look back and just, like, laugh. Because you knew exactly, like, what the context was and, like, whether it was, like, you know goofy sad whatever you know so i was so mad and i won't forgive myself for that but god damn that happens, <laughs> like really that saying. he's probably laughing at you right now wherever he is yeah call me a dumbass or something <laughs> <laughs> i yeah uh, i've been thinking about brian a lot this week you know it's it was your birthday a few days ago and uh you know it's hard to, like you know we all we all were born in the month of january and you know we'd all like see each other and stuff like that so you know everything i i, I see reminds me of Bri in the back room here of my house there's this um framed picture of a puzzle when he came to my like housewarming party like I guess it was like a couple uh, years ago it was in the summertime and I had seen him in a while he brought like a housewarming gift and it was it was a, it was a puzzle and um he I, like he gave it to me like and I, he didn't say it but I remember like looking at him and like this look in his eye, like, yeah, you'll never put this puzzle together. You know what I mean? Because I'm not a puzzle it, guy. Like, how I many had, pieces was it? Five hundred, like five hundred, maybe a oh thousand. Oh god, yeah, yeah. That's you ridiculous. know, so like, um, after he had passed, um, mainly my wife, I, I put up together some parts, but she put it all together yeah. and glued it to a frame, so we have it here in the house. Uh, but what's that um, picture of? it's a picture of like a barn mill with like a like a wheelhouse pump, like a water, like okay. you know, 
Yeah, watermill. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, it's always there, you know, to remind me of them. But yeah, it's it's tough, you know. Like, I feel like enough time has passed that you know, that we can, you know, I want to do this Bobcast to celebrate just his memory. Is almost as if he's like still here with us, you know. Do you remember like the last yeah. time you you saw him? Yeah, we went to a concert together. Me, him, and my brother Andrew. Um, I was supposed to go with my brother and this other guy I used to work with, and. The other guy was about to have a baby, so he was like, you know, just so busy, and he had to, he couldn't, uh, he couldn't use the ticket. So, whenever like, and this is probably like the third or fifth time that like I had an extra ticket, and I would just buy one, and because I knew he would go, and he ended up taking that extra ticket, and it was June fourteenth, two thousand, what was that, thirteen, and um, yeah, so it was like a couple weeks before he passed. So that was a great night. We, my brother drove. It was in Jersey, and my brother drove. So Brian and I were able to, uh, you know, enjoy ourselves. We yeah. got pretty tuned up, doing whiskey shots and stuff because uh, he saw the special it was like two bucks a shot. So we got after it. But it was the last time we saw each other. We saw some good music, which was fitting, uh, being with him, and uh, uh, you know, had some nice drinks and got tuned. So it was what, nice. What night of the week was that? What night of the week? Do you know? It was a Friday. Yeah, I saw him. I saw him the Tuesday before you went to uh, that concert. I think I saw him with Drew when Drew was in town at the boathouse. Yeah, that, and that was the last time I saw him. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, you guys were just—it was a nice time, wasn't it? you guys? Like, oh, we had a great time. Well, it was funny. It was bizarre because him and I—I I mentioned here earlier on this cast—we were both. He introduced me to the Sopranos, and we were huge Sopranos fans. Yeah. And we sat at the bar, and we were basically, you know holding a vigil for James Gandolfini who just passed away and stuff. Okay. And our conversation was about like Tony Soprano, James Gandolfini and I I remember talking about like um, like life after death with him which was looking back at it kind of eerie huh? Kind of eerie you know but um, I I never knew that it it would be like you know the last time I saw him but yeah he's definitely still with us you know what I mean like uh I still feel his presence, you know, with me, and, you know, anytime I hear a Wu-Tang song or anything like that, you know, it, it brings me right back to the Dodge Avenger days. That, and, like, you just had me thinking, because we went to see a show one night, this was, like, probably the spring before he passed, and he's always had something random that he knew about, and we went to a concert, and he was like, I know about this house party on Penn's campus in West Philly, so we went to this house party, and, like, everybody's, like, 10 years younger than us, and we're drinking, like, jungle juice in the basement of this, like, 22-year-old, like, the college kids party. Was that with all, like, No, it was me and Brian after a concert. We were we were already, like, I was 33, and he's 32. We're, like, 10 years older, at oh, least, than all these people. Yeah. We're just standing in the basement, like, drinking jungle juice. Like, I was like, Brian, what the, what the hell are we? You know, he's like, I don't know. It's just some party. And I was like, all right, cool. And it was just so random, but I don't know. It was fun just because it was him and I, and we were just, like, crashing a party that... It was just so random that he heard through Facebook, but I don't know. It was just it was just hilarious because we were like the old men there, but we didn't really care because we were just like together, you know. So I don't know, it just popped in my head for a sec because we we're talking about music and crap. So <laughs> anyway, well, music has been a consistent theme here with this podcast. Talking about right. tracks, um, we heard uh, earlier from Jeff Sowers and Evan Marchman. They share their music with us, and uh, now it's come time for you to uh, share your track. Um, so you, you mentioned at the beginning of the cast the song, but tell us again, like so like how did this song like come to fruition when I asked you earlier this week to come up with something? Well, I just wanted to I just thought of like a time like I mean, there's so many songs you can think of and there's like probably too many hip hop songs that I could think of because he was like definitely loved hip hop. I mean he loved all music, but I just wanted to think of time like him and I actually like were like playing the song together and I mean, he liked all types of music, but, I mean, we, we like, had, like, I don't know, I don't know how much he loved Weezer, but I've always been a huge fan, and that Pinkerton album we played, like, through and through pretty much back in, like, the late 90s, so it was just, like, a song off there that, uh, it was uh, Pink Triangle, and um, that we just learned to play together, so not only was it, like, a good song, but we had, like, a connection over it, because we learned to play it on guitar together, and we'd just, like, play in unison, and... You know, I just felt he was such a good guitar player that, like, for me to be able to play a song with him was just like felt like like an, not an honor, but I was just like, oh, I feel like I'm like more decent than like the crappy player I, I thought I was. You know what I mean? So he always had that effect felt, on you. 
Yeah, I mean, he, like, would bring you up to, like, the level. Because you could, like, even if... With guitar, like, even though I knew I was never going to be as good as him, he'd never make you feel bad about it. So it was just no, pretty cool. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. He so that, that's people feel comfortable, too, you know? Yeah. So. All right. Well, um, let's take a listen cool, to yeah. uh, Pink Triangle by Weezer here on the 